Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. This is today's episode of our Truth Tidbits as we continue reading through the scriptures this year. We are in the book of Revelation, and we are drawing close to the end. However, it will probably take us quite a few episodes to get there because the best part is yet to come. So today we're going to be in Revelation chapter 19, and we're going to begin this by looking at the first five verses of Revelation 19 and discussing these today. So I'd like for us to read Revelation 19 verses 1 through 5 to begin. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia! Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Hallelujah! Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen! Hallelujah! Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. Let's stop there for today, and let's look at these verses and see what is happening in succession from what we've just left in these earlier chapters. Now here we see heaven celebrating in a righteous reaction of joy over what has just happened. Babylon the Great, the mother of abominations in the earth, over the whole earth, all the way since Genesis 11 with Nimrod after the flood, has been responsible for all false religion, idolatry, witchcraft, etc. coming on the earth. Responsible for innocent bloodshed all the way back, including the martyrs. She has been bloodthirsty and drunk the wine of the blood of the saints and of the prophets and so forth throughout time. And God has finally given her her just due. She has now been avenged by God. Her ruin has come, her destruction has come, and it is final. She's done. In chapter 18, we saw the reaction from the world, from the merchants, from those who had been in bed with her, so to speak, those who had consorted with her, those who had been made rich by her, But now it's time to see the righteous reaction in heaven. Notice that in Revelation chapter 18, in verse 20, we're told here that there's a call that goes out. There's an invitation. There's an instruction that goes out to the heavens and to those who are there. And the word says in Revelation 18, 20, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So we see that that was told in Revelation 18. And now we see in Revelation 19 
after she has been finally judged and God has avenged the blood of the saints on her, the Bible says, after these things, in other words, now in the next succession, because that's done, it's over. Once her destruction has been accomplished, now this loud voice, this loud cry begins to erupt in heaven, this great multitude in heaven. It's, it means a throng. It reminded me of Daniel chapter 7. I want to read that right now. In Daniel's vision of the great God on his throne, the Ancient of Days, it says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. So this great vast throng, this great vast multitude is heard now in heaven. Who might this be? Well, certainly it's the ones in heaven prior to Jesus' second coming to the earth. These would include, of course, a myriad of angels. Perhaps these thousand thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand of angels that God has in heaven. Perhaps it might include the Old Testament prophets and the apostles just mentioned in Revelation 18 when the call went out for heaven to rejoice. It included a word to the apostles and the prophets. The church, the raptured church is there. We believe represented perhaps by the 24 elders, which is the same as the bride of Jesus Christ, and we'll see that soon. Also, martyred saints are there, martyred Christians, martyred saints, because we're told earlier in Revelation that they are under the altar in heaven, and they're crying out to God. So they are there. So this cry, perhaps it includes the four living creatures as well. But this cry of praise and exultation, they say to the Lord, Hallelujah, which means to praise the Lord. That word Hallel means to brag or to make a shine of the Lord, to make a show, to boast in the Lord. They are boasting in the Lord, declaring praise to him, to the great I am, the God who is on the throne. And they say, salvation, the rescue and the salvation, glory, that kabod, that weightiness of the honorable presence of God, honor, that esteem and high value and power, that dunamis, that might and ability and capability. All of it belongs to the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the only one worthy, the only one that has brought these things to pass. And they give the basis and the reason for this declaration of exultant praise is because his judgments, his verdicts, his sentences, his judicial decrees are all true and righteous altogether. Notice this, they're true. They are truthful and trustworthy. They are sincere and unfeigned. I found this interesting. 
It means it's not just in name only, but also in the real nature that's corresponding to the name. In other words, they're genuine. They're true and righteous. They're right by the standard of what is right. They are correct and upright altogether. That word is interesting in the Hebrew because it means unitedly or as a unit or as one. So all of God's judgments, whether they are judgments released, for instance, to the repentant sinner and he decrees a judgment of justification by faith alone in his judicial court and imputes to us his righteousness, or whether it's a judgment of vengeance upon those who have brought these evils on the world. All of his judgments together are righteous and true altogether. They are true to his nature. They are true to his name. Let's examine one scripture or a few scriptures that speak to us about that. In Exodus chapter 34, Moses wanted to see the glory of God and God said, okay, I'm going to hide you in this cleft of the rock and I'll pass by. And in verse five, it says this, now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So even in line with his name, his judgments are true and righteous altogether. Yes, he is merciful, but yes, he is also holy and just, and he will by no means clear the guilty. And he has proven that in these judgments and in his day of vengeance. And now heaven is rejoicing over that because true and righteous are all of his judgments. In Psalm 19.9, it says this, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. In that unit, unitedly as one. All of them, all of the Lord's judgments are true and righteous altogether. And in Psalm 119, 137, it says this, Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. They're straight, they're righteous, they are correct in all points, and at no fault, without fault, without blame, in any way. And this has been proven with his judgment on Babylon. Notice in Revelation 19, in verse 3 and 4, that they repeat this. They're bragging on God. Notice that they are also aware, seeing, and sensing in some form the smoke from the rising judgment as Babylon has been destroyed. The smoke is rising up perpetually, age to age is what that means. They saw it in the same way that Abraham saw Sodom's smoke rising up after God destroyed Sodom. And we read that. I'll give you the verses 
Genesis chapter 19, verse 28 through 29. Abraham looked and he saw that as well. God is fulfilling his word. He prophesied it in Isaiah 34. In Isaiah chapter 34, verse 8 through 10, it says this, For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense for the cause of Zion. Its streams shall be turned into pitch, and its dust into brimstone. Its land shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night or day. Its smoke shall ascend forever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever. And so this is speaking and ties back to what we've already seen with Babylon's destruction. Notice here in Revelation 19, the 24 elders and the four living creatures. Now that the word tells us specifically that they again fall down and worship and decree, Amen, Hallelujah. Amen, verifying its truth and veracity that it is as it's been declared, so be it. It is done. It is true. So be it. And alleluia, praise the Lord. Hallel, God. Hallel, the great I am. Hallel, the one who was and is and is to come. The God who is true, praising and bragging and boasting in him. Notice in verse 5, the voice from the throne calls forth as well. God's voice. The voice may be of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit's job to glorify the Lord. He tells us that in John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, verse 14, speaking of the Holy Spirit here, Jesus says, He will glorify me for he will take up what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit, that voice from the throne, God himself calling forth, and he says, Worship God, all his servants. That includes us, all who fear him, both small and great. Both small and great. No one is excluded. It includes everyone who serves the Lord. Praise be to God. He says, all who fear him worship the Lord. Do you know the fear of the Lord is a good thing? We need to have an awesome, healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. Solomon, the wisest man on earth before Jesus came, said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In the psalmist we just read, a few verses ago in Psalm 19, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. It's not something to dread or to be all scared about. A true fear of the Lord is a recognition of his greatness and our littleness. It's a recognition of how high and holy he is and honor and awe of him in that. And all those who fear him and all of his servants, both small and great now, can worship God. Praise God, because that includes every single one of us. No one is excluded among his children, among those who know him and love him and fear him and serve him. He is worthy and his worship is well-deserved. Heaven now is hosting 
and holding a party in a righteous reaction to what God has accomplished. Hallelujah. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.